Tandem Nomads, episode 266. Whether you like it or not, your internal transformation will likely result in an external transformation in your business. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great resources and inspiration to grow a successful portable business so that you can thrive in your global nomadic life and through any transition. This is your host, Emel Deregi. I'm a business and marketing coach and the founder of Tandem Nomads. I'm passionate about all topics related to marketing and how that actually for me is also very much related to who we are as a business owner and entrepreneur. And one of the things when you run your business is about learning how to be in alignment with your business, in alignment with your values, and also be willing to shift as things evolve. And I could not hope for a better guest today to share her journey that she called of evolution. In marketing terms, we'll talk about rebranding, but it's truly an evolution. So to talk about this, I'm really, really, really excited to have my wonderful friend, business partner, and so much more in the show. So Sunday, I'm so happy to have you again on Tandem Nomads. Thanks for being here. And are you ready for this exciting ride? <laughs> I am ready. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. Are you nervous? <laughs> I'm excited, but oh. I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> oh, I love it. So I love when I make Sunday nervous. <laughs> so Nomad Nation, let me, if you don't know already, I mean, I probably every other episode on Tandem Nomads, I mentioned you Sunday, if you don't know. So again, I have the feeling that Tandem Nomads listeners already know you. But Nomad Nation, let me just give you a brief introduction to who is Sunday. Sunday Schneiderbeen is an intercultural strategist, a transformation facilitator, and a solution-oriented coach. She supports individuals and organizations as they go through life quakes and other major shifts, no matter where they are. For almost a decade, her location independent business has served individuals and world-class organizations from over 60 countries across six continents. And Sunday's mission is to help clients achieve ambitious goals while navigating transition. She leads several online groups with thousands of members and hosts a popular weekly podcast in transit with Sunday Bean. So formerly it was called Expat Happy Hour. And that's what we're going to talk about actually. And it mm -hmm. has enjoyed a top 5% global rank for five years straight. So one would ask, why would you do that if that podcast name was so popular, right? And suddenly you would just right. shift it. Before we dive into this, you want to just, for those who don't know you, who don't know much about you, do you want to add anything about your background and your story that led you to what you do right now before we get into the topic of that transformation and rebranding you did from expat happy hour to in transit? You heard the bio, but it's hard to understand really what the bio is unless you follow mm -hmm. my work uh, on a deeper level. And basically I'm an intercultural strategist and a coach who helps people who are living globally mobile lives or who are living in transition. And I started out my business almost nine years ago, working exclusively with expats. And I do help and center my work on transformation. So I didn't know that this was coming. Like <laughs> I didn't know when I found the name expert happy hour, I was like, Boom. It's exactly, you know, I was really love the name. It's catchy. People were sweet about it. And I felt at home in the space and, and proud of what I created. But at some point things started to shift inside me and also externally. 
And I realized something that I loved deeply needed to shift, even though what I had built was what I wanted to build and loved. I did need to make some changes to sort of move to where I was moving to. Wonderful. That's such a great summary. And I had the privilege of being a little bit in the back scene of all of this. So Mm -hmm. for me, it was really interesting to see you evolve as well. But in terms of externally, if I had to summarize externally what was happening, it was pretty simple. And we'll see like the journey behind it. But you basically made a a rebranding from expat happy hour to in transit and redid your visual identity and your logo and all of that. But technically your brand is still Sunday bean, like your company is still Sunday bean. So that's one thing. However, all the programs that you have have changed. You had to change the names of all your programs to align it with your new positioning. So this Mm -hmm. is what was happening externally. And I can tell from having watched it, it was so smooth and so Mm. amazing to watch. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a marketing gig. So as a marketing expert, it was amazing (laughs) to watch, but also as a friend, it was even more, I was so proud. So I just have to say that I was just so proud and so impressed with what you've achieved. So, and it was so smooth, but I don't know if you would agree. Would you call it the smooth transition? (laughs) Not at all. And this is part of the reason why I'm so grateful that you asked me to speak because that's one of the things that I'm really committed to is straight talk about Mm -hmm. how things really are. And if you're observing smooth, then you might think it's easy and comfortable Mm -hmm. and uh, overnight or whatever it might be. Right. But that's not how I lived it. People might experience other rebrandings differently or brand evolutions differently, but mine wasn't that mine was a deeply personal journey. It happened um, over six months to even a year. And it was because I'm a nerdy coach, like a lot of (laughs) self-coaching, very tied into some of my fears and insecurities popped up right during the process. So it is deeply personal. And as I said, you know, this, there was an internal transformation that was going on. And the best analogy I have to talk about it is how lobsters grow. They are in their shell and they're rocking it and they're doing their thing. And all of a sudden they get uncomfortable because they're growing and their shell gets too tight and it is uncomfortable. So they weren't going to change. There's no reason to change. The ocean is the ocean and everything's fine, but then their shell gets too tight. So they go behind a rock and they rid themselves of their shell. They regrow a shell that is uh, fits the growth. Of course, I'm biologically simplifying that. But for me, that was my process where I was like, Hey, I'm a lobster and everything's fine. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh man, this is feeling tight right now. And it's actually restricting my movement. And what do I do? And it's terrifying to have to go behind a rock and feel that fleshy vulnerability without the shell, right? That's the best analogy of how I physically experienced that process. Where did it start actually? Because we're going to go into how you made that. I love the analogy, by the way, you're the queen (laughs) of analogies. This just says it all. What rebranding is about is being evolution also about that lobster. Where did it start Mm. and what triggered that before even we look at how you did it? Well, it was very subtle. It was, um, and you might even notice in my podcast topics in the beginning of expat happy hour and my work, it was very expat focused and transition. I was like pouring out all that I knew about, um, transition, expat life, resilience, um, expat fatigue, accompanying partner, et cetera, et cetera. And I just poured all of that out. And all of a sudden I'm like, 
yeah, but I want to talk about racism in international schools. And I want to talk about gender normativity. And I want to talk about, right. So there was all these other things I wanted to talk about. And at the same time, I was going through my own personal transformation and life challenges, right? Like just being a human on this planet. And I wanted to learn about other topics, right? And I wanted to talk about other topics. And when I look at my communication plan, I was like, these have nothing to do. These have everything to do with being human, but they're not only restricted to expat life. What I noticed, that was what that was going on on one level. And at the same time, I was having people write me and saying, hey, Sunday, I love your podcast. I'm not an expat. But I love what you Mm. talk about because it applies to, you know, anybody in transition. Would you work with me? Or someone would work with me and they'd say, hey, I have a really good friend who I'd love to recommend you to, but she's not an expat. Are you taking people who are not expats? And I thought, I am pushing people away. I'm giving them a message. If you're living high complexity in transition, I won't work with you unless you are a a rotational expat. And there are many people who don't even identify as expats who are living outside of their home country, living lives in, in rich transition. And I was like, wait a minute, there's something going on here with me. And there's something going on over here with my clients. And ah, that's when it started to feel tight. And then I don't know if you remember this, but what happened is I was like, I want to do wisdom fusion. That was my intergenerational learning experience. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with like, you know, expat life, rotational stuff. I just needed to do it. My body was like, this is what needs to happen. And so the way I solved that problem branding wise is, do you remember I turned all the podcast covers black and white and my, um, my webpage was all black and white. So it was sending a visual image. This is not your regular expat happy hour. We're talking about something different. Like, give me permission to talk about something different. And I thought, well, this is like what I want. I want to do this all the time. Mm, And it was amazing. Can you explain what wisdom fusion is? Because then we'll understand the power of why it was important for you. It started as an epiphany, a download from the universe, or maybe one too many glasses of wine. I really don't know. (laughs) But I had this thing where... Now I understand why you called it happy hour. (laughs) Everything is connecting now, Selmy. Does it mean that you start... Did you stop drinking wine? <laughs> I am. I, this oh, is, you know, and suddenly you're wise to turn into wisdom. Oh my God. Everything is coming together. <laughs> exactly. Now, you know, my real secret recipe. No. Um, so I, I just had this download, like there's a lot behind it, but this knowing of, Hey, what I'm struggling with, you've struggled with, or someone who's 20 years older than me has struggled with, or someone who's 30 is struggling with something I've already walked through. And this realization of, Hey, if we would just bring women together in the same space and have open and honest conversations, we could support each other and help each other on the journey. And this whole clarity came out with this intergenerational learning experience I wanted to facilitate. And it turned into an eight week learning experience with two different cohorts, 20 women in total from 20 years old to 75 plus from around the world. And it was one of the most meaningful things I did in 2021. That's amazing. I didn't want to feel like I could, didn't have space to do that in my company. And that was what triggered it. I changed the bio, right? Because it didn't make sense. Like my regular bio didn't make sense for the wisdom fusion project. So we tweaked the bio. It's happened really subtly, right? Or just tweak the bio. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, wait a minute, this bio is more me. It's more, it's fuller mm-hmm. me. And then I was like, well, I have to stop excluding expats. Well, what am I going to call expats on fire or expats on purpose? My two, my, you know, my, my group or my 
Facebook group and even my podcast, I honestly, Amel, all this started where I was like, oh, I just need a new name. All I thought was I needed was a new name. And (laughs) it became this actually expensive and six month long journey where I realized it wasn't, I didn't need just a new name. What I needed was the inside to match the outside. And that's mm-hmm. where the evolution process started. I love it so much. I'm so grateful that you're here to share that journey and how you did it because it was so well done. It was so impressive, but also so meaningful. I felt that energy, you know, mm-hmm. the, the meaningfulness of the transition that you were going through mm-hmm. and taking mm-hmm. us with it. Before we go there, there's one thing I want to address. It's about, you know, when you said about, I feel like I was pushing away some people and that is when basically a brand evolves, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. when suddenly it needs to evolve. And I love that you chose the word evolve Mm -hmm. because it's about growing, right? And I want to make sure that those who are probably listening now and maybe don't have yet their name and feel that stress of picking the right name from the Mm get-go, I don't want people to see the rebranding as a mistake. Mm -hmm. Like it was part of the journey. I don't know if you would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, absolutely. And I have poured my heart into everything I've done and I've always done my best to represent where I was. And even in the beginning, I, I mean, I, I have to find maybe some embarrassing photos from the very beginning with my blog and <laughs> my pictures and stuff. It was an expression of who I was. And at that time it was too corporate. It was too, it was, I was mm-hmm. trying to replicate kind of the cachet I had when I was in a corporate context and part of a corporate entity and and acquiring my clients that I felt like when I went independent, I needed to like, Hey, you know, I'm still really professional. I'm still really, and I actually pushed people away because it gave them too much distance. So Mm -hmm. our branding is always personal and it's always Mm -hmm. a reflection of how much inner work we have or have not done. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's because I'm a nerdy coach. I know we need to do that inner work, but it's going to catch up with you in some way or the other. Right. And, and Mm -hmm. as solopreneurs, maybe not for corporate, maybe it's different for other branding things, but I think for solopreneurs, it's, I think it's really important what you're saying about how our branding as a solo entrepreneur reflects our identity Mm -hmm. in a way Mm -hmm. who we are. And that's where I always talk about being authentic Mm -hmm. is the best way of choosing the right direction and messagings by being yourself. But I do think that it's just part of the journey. It's like, Mm -hmm. I I don't want people to pressure on trying that best with that branding. You wouldn't be where you are today Mm -hmm. if you didn't have that branding initially, right? right? You you evolved from there. Mm -hmm. That was your starting point to be where you are today. I think that's important as well so that people don't feel the pressure of saying, oh, I should choose the perfect name, the perfect branding, perfect messaging from the get-go because I don't think that's possible. You are where you are today because you started there. Yep. And you know, want to know one of the learnings I made along this way? I mean, I will gratefully bear my soul and insecurities for others to benefit (laughs) from. I will tell you, I actually created, this is how nerdy of a coach I am. What is my list? Low quality thoughts, underscore brand evolution. It's a document in my, in my Google drive. I will, I will read a few from me for you, but one of the learnings that I had was I was talking to someone who I was in a business mastermind with. She's she's wonderful. And we were talking and I was, I hired her to try to help me with this 
freaking name I was trying to solve. Like, what could the names be? And and she was like, Sunday. I, I shared about this, and I think in my podcast, I said she's like, Sunday. Do you really think the success of your business is going to be based on what the name your podcast is or the name that you change your group to? She goes, no one is going to go home when you make the brand evolution and go, I'm so mad Sunday being changed her podcast name from expat (laughs) happy hour to in transit. And I just, I was like, she's right. She's like, Sunday, it's what you give. It's your content. It's how you love on your clients. It's not like, stop making it about that one thing, you know? And that's what we get. I think especially if you're not a marketing or salesperson by trade, you're like, what logo should it be? What color should it be? What should the name be? And they are important. I know they are important because you can also have a company Mm -hmm. fail because it's the wrong name and all that. But I do think sometimes we exaggerate the importance of one or two elements to our business success when it's really about showing up consistently, meeting the needs of your clients. My best example of that is one of my original coaching mentors was Dr. Martha Beck and her website was a disaster. It looked like it was from 1992, horrible colors, bad tech. It did not matter because she's an amazing writer and she kept delivering value in her coaching strategy. So it didn't matter. For me, the most important here, and that's where you were really good, is in being in alignment with yourself. For some people that branding helps, for others, it doesn't matter, right? In your case, it was important because Mm -hmm. you wanted to have that alignment. And one thing you said, for those of you who are listening who might be in that transition time, you don't need to come up right away with a perfect logo, perfect name, even in transition, Mm -hmm. as you did. Like you started introducing in your podcast the topics you wanted to talk Mm -hmm. to. You just had to be a bit creative Mm -hmm. to be able to introduce it until you were ready. Yep. Which leads me to the question, Mm -hmm. what made you think or feel that you were ready to give this full push? It was when the shell just felt so tight. I just knew I had to Mm -hmm. do something. It was also a vision of what I'm moving toward. So it wasn't just like going away from discomfort. It was going towards something that I was really excited about. Clarity about your vision. Exactly. It was like enough discomfort and enough clarity that it pushed me over the edge. And I remember making a phone call and this, I I just giggle about it because I really thought the one challenge I had was to change these two names, right? That's what I thought it was. I was going to keep everything else the same, just change these two names. So I made this phone call to a South African team. And I was like, y'all need to help me change my names, you know, these two names. And I'm like, do you brainstorm? Do you whatever? And then we had the call. I had the call with the CEO and they're really top level marketing team. And he's like, "Mm, I think we have some other, (laughs) some other things to solve here. Cause he gets this. He was like, I think you have actually other questions. And then I said, okay, I do think I need some market research because I had it in my body. I knew where I wanted to go, but I, I didn't have the language for it yet. And I was trying, I have this super talented team. Like if they can't help me rename something, I don't know who can, because they're so talented. It wasn't doing it right. There was something bigger, bigger questions I had to answer. And that is where I got really serious about the process. And I love that you talk about market research, mm-hmm. talking dirty to me. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to share about that? Because you know that I'm all about 
do it. I remember I was like, did you do your market mm. research? I said, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hired them to do that. Can you guide us a little bit through yeah. that process? Yeah. What, what did you research exactly? Okay. So here's the thing that was my intention and it did not mm-hmm. go the way I planned. Mm-hmm. I, um, had high hopes for the experience because of who I hired and what I wanted them to do. And I, I, I want to be really gentle about how I say this because it's not about the marketing team. I'm going to just speak generally about it. Mm-hmm. I hired them for the market research and to help do the renaming. That was like in the brown, the brand um, assignment type of thing. Exactly. And um, their first feedback on brand evolution was a complete failure. I was, I was like, so I just paid you to tell me about my market that I have been serving for eight years. Hmm. I was like, I no, no. And I thought, are you kidding me? And when you have this, when you do these very professional agreements, you have like one or two versions and you know, there's a lot on the line. And I was like, no. (laughs) So I ended up having a conversation. I, I, I was like, okay, deep breath, like just come down, like talk about it tomorrow. I made a video thing as gently as I could, like, thank you for this. Here's what I like, but this is not hitting it. And I ended up having a conversation this, they made the best move. Then they put me on a call with someone who understood my industry and Mm. understood global life. And she understood coaching and she understood global life. And she goes, oh, so you basically you don't want to sound like a general life coach, but you don't want to just talk to expats. So we have to do something differently. So she got me. And what she did is she drew out of me. And here's what I want to really tell people, because I think this is maybe I'm wrong. Most people who go to experts in branding, marketing, et cetera, we want you to tell us who we are. (laughs) We Mm -hmm. want you to tell us what we should do. And that is mm. honestly not how that works. And it's what we do. I did that in 2013. I told this marketing lady, I'm like, what, what logo should I have? What brand colors should I have? No, we need to partner exactly. with people in marketing and branding and all of that. But we, it's us that lives with that. It is an expression of who we are. So in that conversation, she helped me make a huge shift. And what the shift was, what I was doing in the past was I was focusing on who I worked with and then the success stories. But what we realized the shift was we were going to add two more layers of the circle, but closer to the core. We added who I am Mm. and what I do. And this is where ambitious transformation and transition came out because I was doing that anyway. I just Mm. hadn't been forced to articulate it because this is where the gift was because it was such a flop in the beginning. And I had so much money on the line. I was like, Oh no, (laughs) you know, push the desk away. Here I come. And because I was put in the corner, it made me say it. So I was like, no, this is what I want from you. (laughs) It's a bit like coaching at the end of the day. (laughs) Yes, it is. Right. Cause we want the person to tell us what to do, but we have to find our own answers. And so I was able to, thankfully this, this woman was amazing. It was a huge shift, articulate who I am and have them bring out who I am and then what I do. And that's where ambitious transformation and transition came in. And that was important. And the other thing that came out was when I talked about transformation, it was, I articulated, this is what another thing for people who are 
in creative endeavors or have, you know, marketing who, who have their own proprietary approach. Sometimes it's just what you do and you don't even have a name for it. Mm. It's just so natural, but it's not what others do. It's what you do. And she helped me articulate the three forms of transformation, internal led, external led and performance led. Mm. And she basically took how I see the world anyway. And she helped me bring it out and on, on paper. And it's what I was doing anyway. And it's, it's so obvious in hindsight. And when I talked to my clients after the evolution, they were like, Oh yeah, totally Sunday. No one was like, Oh, that's totally off base. Like no one Mm -hmm. said she's coming out of left field. Everybody had a natural, of course, response, Mm -hmm. you know, people who knew my work. So that was, that was said a lot for, for me. And the other thing is what happened is they, they came up with this first idea and I was like, Ooh, we're close, but not quite it's actually like this. And that's what I mean by partnership. Mm. And to give this company credit, if who you're working with misses the mark completely, maybe not (laughs) go go where I went like that day when I was like, are you kidding me? I thankfully I didn't do it to them. It was just like, you know, at home. Um, but no, this is part of like the, um, the back and forth collaboration process. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so while going through this, And I think it took some courage initially, although it felt like it was necessary probably to do it. But what were some of the fears you might have had or some of the challenges that you had to deal with in this process? You like the conversation you were having with yourself. That was a hard work to get there. And once I articulated it and I committed to that path, now I'm like, okay, this is going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And while we're figuring out the, you know, the details, something was rising in my belly and there were two things that were going on. One of them was, it was really important to me that no one in my existing community would feel abandoned. Mm -hmm. I wanted people to know we are a community and nothing is changing with us. And I'm going to bring you on a journey where others are invited And what we share isn't geographical, but it is deeper, right? It is our complex transitions in our health, in our relationships that we're experiencing globally. It's the same thing. They were experiencing all of those life things too, but we had focused on only one layer of their identity. And I wanted people to feel like I was bringing them along. So what got triggered for me? was a fear. And I wrote it down in my low quality thought notebook (laughs) was, um, you will disappoint people. If you change, Mm. I should stay how they want me to be right. You're going to lose people in this transition. Right. So those are, those were the three things. And I'm talking like, get up on a Saturday morning at, you know, five or six in the morning, go get my coffee. And all of a sudden, like these whispers were coming in Mm. and I was like, wow, wow. And that is when I knew I was up leveling Mm. because whenever we up level our shit comes up, right. And we tap into discomfort because we are going away from one thing and toward another. And I knew that it was actually a good sign, right. This is huge. I really want to highlight this part. It's so big. Mm. And Nomad Nation, I want to highlight this. When you talk about up-leveling, that's when the insecurities come up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a positive sign. And that's something that would invite our listeners. Like whenever you see your doubts rising, your limiting beliefs rising, Mm -hmm. instead of seeing them as, oh, it's a sign that I have to slow down. Rather, it's actually a slime you're growing and you're getting out of mm-hmm. your comfort zone and therefore yep. see those as signs of your up-leveling. I love that. Yep. 
Yeah. yeah. And so it's something to actually celebrate. It's something to celebrate because you are doing something different. So mm-hmm. I, that's why I started my, my little list. Cause I was like, Oh, this is getting good. Right. Like <laughs> what are you going to come up the with geek. next? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that happened. And I settled with that and I made peace with that. Right. I made peace that if people were not down with my jam and they go, then they're not my people. Right. So I I made peace Mm -hmm. with that. And I also knew I did the thought work on it. I knew that I would invite new people into my community and my life that were resonating with that. So I I made peace with that. And then, then another thing started, another round started. And I was, you know, because, you know, I do transformation. I was talking about transformation. This is my process of transformation, my internally, my business performance. And all of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute, I'm in a moment of transformation. What if I'm a moth? Now, you know, like we all think of butterflies with transformation. And I'm like, what if I'm a moth? And I just had to sit with that question for a while. And I'm like, you know what? If you are a moth Sunday, it's really okay because that's who you are. And the reason why, because it's all about ambitious. So for those who don't know about those squares of transformation, what did you mean when you said, am I a moth? So when I think about, you know, if we go to the biology of it, you know, the caterpillar goes into the chrysalis mm-hmm. and the DNA knows how to reformulate itself. It fights out of the chrysalis and the butterfly is there. So it's true transformation and it's all the hard work that you go through. Right. And I knew I was in a process of transformation, but I thought, What if on the other side, I'm not this gorgeous butterfly, Mm. but a moth? No, that's scary. You know what I did? (laughs) So I go online and I Google images of moths just as like, (laughs) (laughs) so I'm looking at the moths and I'm like, oh, there's some actually really pretty moths out there. You know, they're fluffy kind (laughs) of, and they're sturdy and they're beautiful too. Like, And this was, I know this is so nerdy, but this was my way of going. If you are a moth Sunday, just fully be that. Right. And so I shared this with a friend and there was a movie later that came out on Netflix and it was about moths and it was about transformation. And in the, in this Netflix scene, it was, do you know that moths are actually faster than butterflies and they spin silk? (sighs) And I was like, I'm a moth. Okay. I can go, I can be down with a moth. <laughs> so it was also about, this is about imposter syndrome, mm. right? This is about needing to remind ourselves who we are and what we can do and what we're capable of and accepting who we are. I share that it is vulnerable to share that, but I share that on purpose because I want people to know that it's just normal, right? Like that is it's about doing the work. And had I not done the work, I wouldn't have made that process. Right. That's just so powerful what you're sharing here. So let's go first now with the outcome. Well, how is it looking? Mm -hmm. How is it looking now on the other Mm -hmm. side? Yeah. What I love about it, it feels like my shell is a lot bigger and have room to Mm -hmm. grow. And I'm really excited about it. It's been from residents from the community actually was even better than I thought it was. I was really taken off on the morning that I announced the reveal. I almost felt almost embarrassed. Like maybe I put too much time and attention in a transfer, like a bringing people along on the journey, like, because people were so positively responsive to it. I was like, was I making it a bigger deal than it needed to be? <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. I was so overwhelmed by people's support that it meant a lot to me. It also confirmed my suspicions. People who are love pets, who are living permanently abroad because of their partner or are permanently immigrated to another country wrote me and they said, 
oh, Sunday, I love it. I really see myself in this, right? And so it actually became more inclusive rather than exclusive. Mm -hmm. That was important to me. The perfect example is I just did a podcast that's going to be coming out on sex. (laughs) And it was so much fun. (laughs) I was like, whoa, it was really, it was really good. I'm getting all pink when I talk about it. So good. But it was so much fun. And I was like, of course I can talk about sex on this podcast because it's about our life in transition. It's about how we grow Mm. as a couple, how we grow as an individual into our own sensuality or sexuality. I've interviewed a Nobel Peace Prize nominee recently, and she's coming on the show. Like I, I'm able to do amazing things. You know, I, I interviewed, uh, Michael Gronewald, who is a head of AI right. at Ernst and Young, because it is about a global transition. Mm. So I'm having a blast and I'm able to talk about things that are important to all of our lives. Right. So I'm loving it. I love it. This is so <laughs> good. Loving it. So unfortunately we don't have a lot of time to go into details of a lot of things, but there's one thing, maybe you could summarize more pragmatically the process, the logistical process mm-hmm. where you did the brand evolution like yes. you don't just change the logo from a day to another how long was the transition from the moment where you started announcing at least a solid six months solid for six you months. in the back end but how about the visible part four weeks maybe four weeks. like in dripping it out letting people know about it generating interest so once I had everything set I had to update my website right that means I had to do a fo- this is a thing where people don't realize if you're going to do a brand evolution, there's a lot of money involved too. Depends on how you do it. But I did a photo shoot. I had to get a new brand, like a new, you know, new logo, new colors, you know, all of that web web revamp. And one thing, by the way, for people, I didn't know you should redo your website every three years. Like those change fast. So it was time for me to really make a shift in my website anyway, just from functionality. Um, so that's why six months was important for me. But I, what I did is I started teasing out to people a few weeks out, mm-hmm. like, Hey, something new is coming, you know, get ready for it. And I shared some of my story and having like how it's hard to let go. Mm-hmm. And so I also shared with them, like, I get it. If you're having a hard time with letting go with the identity that we've created as a community or as a listener, I get it. I know it's hard. So I started sharing that journey before then I started creating excitement about what was coming up. And then I did the big reveal. And from that day on, what I did is I spent three weeks really getting everybody on the same page. What is this? What do I mean by in transit? What do I mean by transformation? And what do I mean by ambition? My definitions, how I see it and how I apply it. So everybody, I brought them on the journey of what we're talking about now. And that also, I think gave people security. Like this is still for me, this still applies for me. In fact, it might apply to my friend who doesn't live abroad, but is totally going through this. And that was really important in the first few weeks, Mm -hmm. I think to create that. I also did a quiz and that was super fun for people to engage with the new deal and get new content from me. The whole journey was probably three weeks, four weeks before and four weeks out. So I probably spent six to eight weeks fully focused on the brand transition. And then we just do what we got to do. Yeah. So basically, if I summarize, it's teasing, reveal, and then nurturing. 
somehow to make sure that yep. there's a transition in nurturing. And uh, so there's one yep. thing that I want to highlight because a lot of our listeners are solo entrepreneurs and they don't necessarily have the budget to invest that, that you invested. And the other thing that we need to know is also you invested that huge budget because you had a highly established brand before as well. And that was necessary for yep. you, be it with individuals yep. or corporate as well. So if you're already very established, then you might have the budget to invest in your rebranding. But is there any tips and learnings that you have that you think could help even those who can't invest the type of budget that you invested? Yes. Things that can be in-house made to go through this transition. Absolutely. One thing I haven't mentioned is how important it was to have outside sparring partners who knew me and knew where I wanted to go, where I'd be like, kind of where I am in my process. What do you think? Or, you know, even to just like bounce off ideas has been really important because when you have people that know you and believe in you and understand your work, they can help you go. Yep. You're on the right track or you're holding back a little bit. So I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. I do not think that you need a big budget to do a brand uh, evolution, but I want people to know and that it was expensive because I don't want people to go, well, gosh, look at what Sunday did. And I feel like mine wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. Like, no, no, no. (laughs) Like you can't do that. Like you, you can't compare your first year to someone else's ninth year. My first brand was like 370 bucks, (laughs) you know, like the first thing I did was very low budget, but you know what? It was good enough because it was the content that came after. So I think people need to do what I needed to do was remember it isn't about the exact color you pick. the exact type of logo, right? It's about the internal and external alignment Mm -hmm. and the, the excitement you bring to this because it's an alignment and what, who you can't wait to serve after that is what's more important and everything else you can get on Fiverr or, you know, hire someone within a short package or whatever. I think you can totally maximize from a budget perspective. It's a great tips. And one thing we skipped a little bit, but I want to talk a little bit about that for those who might not have that type of budget as well. First is sensing, like listening to intuition, knowing that it's time for you to Mm rebrand. You talked about knowing who you are and that's Mm -hmm. pretty important, like at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I think once you have done that internal work, the next step is before even looking at the logo, before even looking at all this stuff, because these are not important until for me, and I don't know if you would agree, no. is that you define who you want to serve and that ideal customer and making sure that you're aligned with that ideal client you want to attract with that brand evolution. You can't even do, you can't even do a logo mm-hmm. until you know that because your logo has to reflect right. yourself and who you serve, Right. right? So the logo is, that's the thing we didn't, like, why do people go to the logo first? I don't know. Like, it just drives me crazy. Oh, tell you know me. I mean? <laughs> that's the last thing. It is the last yeah. thing, right? Oh, you know what? Also uh, just to vent for a second, <laughs> people were like, oh, Sunday, I love your new logo. And I was like, oh, all this work for that. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm like, it's not a new logo. <laughs> <laughs> It's not, it's not. And you could put, you could put a really cool symbol of something. And if you don't, if it's not all of that deep work, it's not going to translate into Mm -hmm. a 
business impact. And I think that's really important. The ideal client, the messaging as well is really important. There's so much that can be, that has to be done before Mm -hmm. the logo. The logo is just the packaging at the end of the day, but the heart has to go into aligning who you are with what you want to do. Who do you want to make that impact for? Who's that ideal client, your offers and your messaging. I think this is one thing I can't help just saying here that's really important yep. yeah and i think people just only know branding through the logo and they want security mm-hmm. and they want something tangible but they have to hold out for it and, <laughs> they do have to hold I think out it's for it sometimes we get impatient i don't know if you saw it i've, I've seen that mm-hmm. by now the clients who work with me are not there but i remember when i was when they are in the beginning of their journey it feels like i think the the need to see something visual right to feel assured mm-hmm. like thinking like mm-hmm. oh if i have a logo yeah. i'll have clarity and if i have a logo i have a business you don't have a business because you have a logo you don't <laughs> you don't have clarity mm-hmm. because you have a logo you start with clarity and then you get no. and i know it feels the easiest thing to no. do actually and the Probably also mm-hmm. the mo- most fun part to do to work on the creative aspect right. of it, but all of that will not mean anything if, if the foundations are not right. Right? You've done an amazing job. Nope. It's been amazing to watch you. Mm-hmm. I have one, two more questions for you. The first one is: What are you most proud of in this transition? I think I'm proud that I was able to do what I set out to do, which was really an evolution and not a pivot Mm -hmm. because I was very intentional about that. And it was important to me for the experience I would create for the people that have been in my community for so long, even something as simple as keeping sub-Saharan animals in my website was like safety Mm -hmm. for people. Like not everything has changed for me. That was really important. I am proud of original concepts that I bring, like this idea of in transit is very different from the way many other professional transition or specialists are talking about it. Most people are talking about it very linearly and singularly. Mm -hmm. And I'm really challenging the way we talk about it because it doesn't match our lived experience. And that's constantly what I'm always doing, but I was proud I could bring that into my core ideas and share that with people, uh, just like ambition. And just like with transformation to say, that's not how this works Mm -hmm. (laughs) and be able to put that out there. So other people can see that in their own lives. That's something that feels really I think your content is matching your brain. (laughs) (laughs) It's dead dangerous. (laughs) So the complexity of the topics that you talk about is what actually makes you stand Mm -hmm. out as a brand compared to other transition coaches Mm -hmm. I've seen. It is very flat 2D kind of conversation that I've seen. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I love the three, four, five D, five dimensions (laughs) that you bring into the conversation. So that's, I'm really proud of that for you. So this is wonderful. And the last, Mm -hmm. what's next for you? Gosh, um, you know what I want to do? I just want to enjoy this Mm -hmm. for now. I do have a next step. I'm not ready to talk about it yet because I want to, there's some things I want to test and implement in corporate with individuals before I come out with like the next big splash of thing. Um, I just want to enjoy it and watch this impact people's lives. I love it. Right. It's so amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much, Sunday, for sharing this amazing journey. You've been so generous and so inspiring. I would love you to also, we didn't talk about your business model and what you offer. Could you give us a couple of words Mm -hmm. about how you work with individuals through transition? What do you provide and where to find you? 
Okay. So I work with individuals and organizations as well as coaches. Very basic is I work with individuals who are working on either an internal, external, or performance-led transformation and want some support on that because they might be going through all three at the same time. I also do that same thing for organizations who are looking on developing their leadership. But one of my favorite projects is working with coaches because I've been a coach so long and it's part of just who I am. Um, I love working with coaches. So I'm also a mentor coach and the founder of Expat Coach Coalition, where I teach my tested tools that have been proven in the lives of people living globally mobile lives, as well as help them with the business side. You can find me at sundaybean.com or list podcast in transit, the Sunday Bean. Wonderful. So Nomad Nation, I'll put all the information about Sunday on the show notes of this episode. If you want to read more about her, find her information, go to tandemnomads.com slash 266. And thank you again, Sunday. It's been so much fun to do this with you as usual. Thank you. Welcome, Nomad Nation. I hope that you found inspiration here and know that if you are in that place of transformation, that's a good thing. And one thing that I want to highlight before we end as well, that difference between pivot and evolution. So if you're in that moment where you're thinking like you need to expand, ask yourself, is it a pivot that you need or are you simply growing? Are you simply evolving? So that's the last word. And I can't wait to hear from you. If you find any feedback to share, reach out on Instagram by DM, or you can also email me on connect at tandemnomads.com. Also connect to Sunday directly as well. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.